Hello, it's Ed Gamble here from the Off Menu podcast that you're currently listening to. I am on tour now. The show is called Hot Diggity Dog. Make sure you go and get yourself a ticket. I'm probably coming to a town near you if you live in the UK and Ireland. And Ireland, Dublin and Belfast. Do go to edgamble.co.uk, buy yourself a ticket, and I'll see you for an evening of Hot Diggity Dog. Hot Diggity Dog! Thank you, James. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Ed Gamble here. Now, I'm sure you're all jonesing to listen to another episode of Off Menu, but before you do, you have to listen to this from me. It's a very exciting announcement. I am going on a national tour in 2022. The show's called Electric. I can't wait to show it to you. I'm very, very excited. And you, as off-menu listeners, will get an exclusive pre-sale. The tour is going on sale, generally, to the normal general public on Friday at 10am. But it's Wednesday, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And if you go and sign up to my mailing list on my website, edgamble.co.uk, you will then receive an email tomorrow with an exclusive pre-sale link. There are limited pre-sale tickets, so get in there quickly. Tomorrow you will get that email, but go now and sign up on edgamble.co.uk for exclusive pre-sale tickets to my brand new national 2022 tour, Electric. For now, enjoy Off Menu. Please come to my tour. I love you. Bye. Welcome to the Off Menu podcast, where we chop in half the fruit of chat and take out the seeds of bad times. Hello, James. Hello, Ed. Ed Gamble there with his intro. My name is James Acaster. I'm a genie. <laughs> yes, you are a genie, aren't you? Yes. Uh, it doesn't come up uh, very often. It, you tend to sort of uh, get rid of it at the beginning where you burst out your lamp and then that sort of it. Well, you know, as a genie, you don't want to go on about it too much. You know, it's... Uh... I'm, I'm magicking up their meal, getting it from wherever they want, whatever time, whatever restaurant. It's up to them if they want to talk about me being a genie. I don't like to go on about it, you know. No, you, you hide your genie light under a bushel sometimes, and I respect you for it. Uh, yes. Well, James is the genie who can get a dream meal for our guest in the dream restaurant, and we will be asking them, James, a series of questions. What will we be asking them? Their favourite ever, starter, main course. Side dish, drink, dessert. I did it in the right order. Well done, you. And the special guest in the Dream Restaurant this week is... Big, Big Zoo. Zoo. Big Zoo. Big uh, Zoo. He is a MC. He's a DJ. He is a TV host of the brilliant Big Zoo's Big Eats, which we've both been on. 
Yes, it was a joy and a privilege and a pleasure. Big Zoo talks to you about food memories, all your favourite foods, and then concocts like a new dish from the things that you've told him. And it's a surprise. And, it take, and it's like it's a new dish, but it takes you down memory lane when you're eating it. So it feels familiar. I had a great time on there. Ed's been on it a record number of times, right? Three times, Ed? Am I, am I wrong? Well, I did the non-broadcast pilot, then I did series one, and then I did the Christmas special. So, yeah, yeah. I've, done, I've worked with Zoo a lot, and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast. This guy knows his shit. He does. He's, and author. He's got a cookbook coming out. He's got a cookbook coming out uh, in June called Big Zoo's Big Eats, uh, and the new series of Big Zoo's Big Eats is out in June as well, uh, which is the one you're on. So we'll all be tuning in for that one. Anytime I do any of the admin stuff, Benito has a little look at his face that's really surprising. He goes, oh. I, I, I said, he's got a cookbook coming out. And Benito looked right at the camera like, oh, look, look, who, look who's here. Look at this guy. He was expecting you to say the cookbook. Yeah. I mean, I gave all the details about it, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I said he's got a cookbook coming out, so I wouldn't have to say yeah. the details because I don't yeah. know them. You don't know them, exactly. But I tee it up. I think that counts as my me chipping in but he knows what he's talking about is the point so i think this is going to be a good episode james so i hope for the love of god that we don't have to kick him out of the restaurant because he says a secret ingredient that we are going to say now yes every single week there's a secret ingredient that we say that we don't like and if the guest says it they get kicked out of the restaurant with no dinner and this week the secret ingredient is chicory chicory bitter lettuce very bitter i'm not sure i've had this so i'm going along with it but I have had bitter lettuce in the past and loved it, so I might be being a massive hypocrite here. Well, I don't know. I look. I've I've cooked with chicory before. You'll love this, James. This uh, yes. this sums me up. And many years ago, when I was sharing a, a flat with Nish, I think Nish was out. I got into the habit of for lunch uh, cooking uh, chicken breast and a pan roasted chicory. Oh yeah. Oh, delicious. I did that a lot. Of course you um, did. With the, your napkin tied around your, around your neck. Yeah. Didn't have a lot else going on. Uh, so I just thought, hey, I'm going to just cook more chicken... Uh, sorry, <laughs> cook more pigeon breast. Pigeon breast and chicory. Yeah, it's nice, actually. Love it. So I don't know Absolutely why it's a secret ingredient, but yeah, chicory. I think someone suggested it on Twitter. <sighs> We're due another kick out fairly soon, I think. Sometime in the next couple of series, it would be good to really get turf someone out because it was mm. a long time coming with Jade and now I've got the taste of blood. I really want to get someone out those doors. Also, Danny needs some new pants. Have we mentioned the pants on the pod yet? No, we should probably give context for what I've just said. We should mention the pants on the pod. Daddy needs some new pants. When uh, we recorded with Jade, she had pants delivered during the episode. We kicked her out for hundreds and thousands. Um, So uh, her friend who made the pants to send to her made us bespoke hundreds and thousands pants. And they're very comfortable. They're very comfortable. I I pop them on as straight out the envelope. Uh, I would highly recommend Curious Moon Pants. Well... Without further ado, this is the off-menu menu of Big Zoo. Big Zoo. Welcome, Big Zoo, to the Dream Restaurant. Mm, inside. <laughs> Welcome, Big Zoo, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Ignite me. Alakazam. So polite. You know, I just I like to be cute sometimes. Yeah, this is what I do. Can you turn it on and off <laughs> like a tap? Can you do you do you know specifically when you need to be cute in situations and then when you don't need to be cute? Yeah, you, you can you got to play with it. You got. Do you know what I've been practicing a lot? Yeah, is my fake laugh uh-huh. because 
I've just had to get really good at that. And it's just like controlling that is really bad because then you laugh at your friends and they're like, are you even laughing? You know? Because I can do the proper. <laughs> Mm. I think you did that when I came on your TV show. I think I, yeah, I, I, I was going to say. Oh, there it is again. <laughs> nah. Just hearing you say you've been working on your fake laugh because you've had to work on it recently. It's just yes. like, oh, yeah, pretty sure we've both done your TV show recently. <laughs> yeah. And you thought you thought I was hilarious on the day. This is the problem now. People think that my laugh is real because it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good fake laugh then, I suppose. Neither of you mentioned my new catchphrase at the start. What's your new catchphrase? I said Alakazam. Yeah, but it's not your catchphrase. <laughs> I'm a genie. I've started saying magical words at the beginning. What other magical words do you have? Well, there's loads of different magical words I could choose from. Alakazam I went with this week. There's stuff like Hocus Pocus or Abracadabra. Or Shazam. What are your favourite ones, Big Zoo, for magicians and wizards to say? Magicians. <laughs> um, I'm looking back at all my uh, magical role models that I was growing up watching. I don't know, yeah. man. What does David Blaine say? Probably nothing, isn't it? He? he just looks in the camera like... Um... <laughs> he flipped it. That's what the genius of him was. He came along and just went, I'm not saying Alakazam or none of that stuff. Oh, he didn't say nothing. He didn't say, is he wizzy, let's get busy. Imagine if David Blaine said, is he wizzy, let's get busy. Is he wizzy, let's get busy. Right, we need a roadman magician yeah. that does the magic. And when it's done, he's like, yeah, Dunno. Or like, Badman. <laughs> yeah. Or like, what? Like, he does, a, he does a trick, looks in the camera and goes, what? I love that. Yeah, what's my favourite out of that, I think? As a magical word, what? <laughs> well, doesn't even look at the camera, just says it to the... He does street magic, goes up to people, does, does the magic for them and then sizes up to them and goes, what? At that, and then they're like, yeah, oh, that's I, it. I just thought it was really mystifying, please. <laughs> I thought it was a good trick. <laughs> you love food, Big Zoo. We know that we, we're in good hands this week because we've got... I mean, food's your life, right? And, and music. Yeah, I've definitely cooked for both of you. How many people have come on here and cooked for both of you? Absolutely brilliant point. Very few, I'd say. Like Tom Carriage's restaurant, we went, but he wasn't cooking. Yeah, and that was after we, you know, we'd interviewed yeah. him as well. Oh, Lou Sanders uh, has cooked for both of us. Oh, yes. She cooked me an absolutely terrible vegan pizza. Yes. Uh, she also cooked me, uh, again, a vegan pizza. Absolutely awful. And uh, so bad, it made me laugh. And not a fake laugh like you do. Like, real laugh. <laughs> I was really laughing at how bad it was. So, um, yes. So you're the, you're definitely the only person who's cooked us nice food, though. Yes, yeah. that's a better thing to hold anyway. Obviously, we work with the producers and we work with the people that come on the show to kind of, like, gear things towards what people like eating. And a lot of the recipes are kind of like a combination of what you guys love with my stupidness of cooking. Out of all of the guests you've had on your show, do you have a favourite dish that you've cooked one of them where you've thought this is also something that I'm really into? Great question. Okay, it's from season two. I'm probably not allowed to give too much away, but because you lot are absolute Gs, I don't care. Forget the rules. We're cooking for a lovely comedian, a female comedian, to give you a hint. I think that's enough. We made a laksa, yeah? Mm. A Malaysian laksa, which I've never had before. Where I'm from, where we grew up, we were just used to like our greasy... Chinese takeaway. Do you know what I mean? We never explored like Vietnamese dishes and things from Thailand and things from Malaysia and these kind of things, you know, we never was really exposed to it. So when we made a laksa, it was the first time I ever made it and it had fish balls and fried tofu and chicken. And we put two types of um, noodles in it. We put 
the egg noodles and the flat noodles. Oh, it was crazy. Like, the, the, just everything. The way we made it, it's, I genuinely made it in the van. I tasted it and I couldn't believe how good it was. I went home the next day and I have to order a laksa. Order the laksa. Then the next day we filmed again. So I ate a laksa again. <laughs> and then after that, I took the bag home of the seasoning. Like, you have to make a paste to make the lax soup. And I just took that home and just kept eating laksa. Yeah, and now you hate laksa, right? I mean, it's, I'm a bit bored of it now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Too much laksa. We always start the podcast with still or sparkling water, Big Zoo. I'm definitely still. I, I definitely used to hate sparkling, but now I can appreciate the goodness behind it. But nah, still the way. You know what I like? Mm-hmm. I like the Turkish water in the boss man shop. You know the one in the shop that's looking like, it's not one of the big boys. It's not Volvic, it's not Evian, uh-huh. not all them lot. Yeah. And uh, there you go. You just know the pH level is just there. So is that based on taste? You know, that the random water from the Turkish shop, mm-hmm. is that based on taste or is that like, because you know you're drinking like underground water. You're not drinking the same water <laughs> as everyone else. You're not drinking that, main, from, yeah. you're not drinking from the mainstream. I'm basically a hipster, isn't it? Hipster of water. Nah. <laughs> it's it's more time. I can't lie. I do love a Volvic, yeah? But more time for the people then, for the, 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 the... It's just the pH. I don't know what it is. Ooh, it, just, it just tastes cleaner. I don't know what it is. I think the big boys, they just got like... People tell me everyone has like the best pH balance, whatever, all that stuff. But I think I, the, the Turkish Bossman water, if you don't know what I'm talking about, trust. Oh, Nestle. Nestle got a big boy water. That's what I got right here, but I took off the tag. But this uh-huh. one, see the bottle is shaped like this. It's very flimsy. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the that goat water. You would like Turkish Bossman water, though. Mm, yeah, that's sure. what you would like. I like that you went from sort of like an obscure Turkish boss man water, the one where you don't really know what the name is, either that or Nestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but you know what? They're not really that known for water, innit? Let's be real. They're not like big <laughs> in the water game. So, like, that's why I kind of still, I kind of respect them more than, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Volvi, Ivian, XYZ, like all of that. Like, It's like saying you don't like Keanu Reeves' films, you just like his grunge band. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is with Nestle water, I've seen Nestle water on the shelves before. Yeah. And I've just thought, no, I can't even imagine it. Because I'd look at it and go, it just seems like it would be creamy. You're looking at it and go, that, that's not going to be proper water. That's, that's going to taste of Kit Kat. Yeah, weird, <laughs> creamy. Like Nestle, I, I don't want that. I, I'd much rather have Turkish Bossman water than Nestle yeah. water. Listen, yeah. After Turkish Bossman water, it's definitely the Nestle water. Then we go Volvic, yeah? Nestle water over Volvic every day. Trust me. Really? How did you get into Nestle water? How how did you cross that uh, barrier in your mind of thinking this is going to taste like a Yorkie? Ah, boom. So... My friend is loves water. Doesn't drink other things. He only drinks like a Sprite once in a while. Is that Tubsy? No, not Tubsy. Hi, darling. I'm saying my friend, but you know them. Yeah. You know them. I don't know what's going on. Uh, any of our listeners haven't seen uh, Big Zoo's Big Eats before. Yes. Uh, Big Zoo is joined by his friend, Tubsy and Hyder. Yes, that I went to secondary school with. My little mates. Hyder is a big complainer. Yeah. And his family installed a tap. That's a purified tap. So, you know, like some people just have like tap water. Some people like put the tap water in the fridge. Some people have like a Britter filter, you know, with the, with the jug. This guy installed a tap just for filtered water, like in the house. I don't know how much it costs, but it's like a fountain of heaven. You go to the house and I swear down, I go to the house with empty bottles just to get their water because it's like the perfect <laughs> pH. But obviously the guy that sold it to them spun their brain, gave them like a lot of pH testers yeah. to like show them other water is basically shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
he would like make us go to the house, drink his water, test the pH, then drink like a Volvic, an Evian, then a Nestle, and be like, see, see what see, 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 I'm just talking about. Like, <laughs> and then he was basically trying to get us all to install these water things. I felt like he's getting a commission or something because it's all he was talking about for like a year. He's just telling us how his life's changing. <laughs> Didn't the first time you went round Hyder's house when you were younger? Uh, he answered the door and pretended to be his own twin brother and told you to get lost. <laughs> that wasn't to me. That was to one of the bad men. I think that was to Armin. I think he did that to Tumsy. This is why we was talking about that other day, talking about stupid things we did in school. Like, I told my whole year, from year seven to year 11, that I was allergic to Tipex. So, <laughs> you, that's it. Because one day, someone was using it. I was so annoyed. I'm like, you made a mistake. Like, Get over it. Like, please. <laughs> scri- scri- I can actually scribble it out. Yeah. Then move on. I'm seeing people put Tipex. One day I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm allergic. Like, this, like I get... <sighs> started doing all of that, yeah. <laughs> and then every class I was in for, like, five years, you can't use Tipex. You're not allowed to use Tipex. No one was allowed to use Tipex because you were in the room. Nah. <laughs> so, so, like, up until... Like, it took a while to push. But by, like, year nine, yeah. it was, like, a known thing. Like, unless you was a new pupil in my lesson, like, people would tell you, I use these allergies. And in the year 11, year 11, I just said, you know what? Hey, guys, cats out of the bag. Hey, I don't even learn to fix. out the bag. I to prove it, I used it. To prove it, I used yeah. it. <laughs> Painted yourself with yeah. it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> when you think about it, I've never really thought about it before, but, like, it's amazing that Tipex has done as well as it has commercially because yeah rubbish yeah really it rubbish it's not like you use it and then it looks like a new sheet of paper and no one could know that you've done anything it's a big white splodge that then creates this uneven terrain that you have to write on so that that yeah. w- word that you write over it just looks rubbish compared to everything else you might as well just scribble it put a li- neat line through what you've done and then rewrite ridiculous I've got to say, though, shout out to the Tipex mouse. I was a huge fan. Do you remember yeah. the Tipex yeah. mice? Satisfying. No, you won't know this, Zoo, because you, you probably missed you this because they weren't allowed any Tipex. So you missed the invention <laughs> of the Tipex mouse. Yeah. That's the one that, that I know what you're talking about because I used to, that's how I used to get extra angry. <laughs> yeah. that that's like the ultimate one yeah they, you put the mouse's nose on the word and then you drag it yeah. along and it's like a little bit of white like tape that, yeah. way smoother yeah, yeah. i like the tipex mouse smoother more satisfying to use cuter because it was a little mouse yeah you didn't have to get the brush out and paint your coursework or whatever you were doing yeah much prefer the mouse how did we get on to tipex pop and absorb bread <laughs> Pop and ups or bread, Big Zoo. Uh, Pop and ups or bread. It's a bread thing, man. I never appreciated the poppadom because I only like mango chutney. When all the sauces come out, I'm sorry, man. I just feel like it's not the time. And I've had an array. I've had I've had the poppadom with the sauce arrangement many a time. Yeah. I just it's just I just want I just want tandoori lamb chops and like the meat. My mum's West African, so growing up with her, we just eat a lot of assorted meat. Like mm. that's why. And it's funny because like. Asian culture is like very synonymous with with African culture because a lot of my family grew up watching like Bollywood and stuff. So that's what they had access to, like Bollywood DVD. So they they could do like speak a little bit of Punjab and that. It was it's crazy. Like it's a weird like connection. And the cooking is very similar. It's about like stewing and cooking down with onions and da da da. So like the the food synonymous and I do, I, like. I couldn't believe it when I unlocked that there's vegetarian like Indian restaurants and stuff. I didn't under I didn't understand. It. I was like, why would you do that? Why would you take away the 
essence. But now I'm starting to appreciate life and start to appreciate things like Papa Don's. But I'm sorry, bread is too amazing, bruv. Have you gone to France? Yes. Have you gone to France? Yes, been to France. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Have you had a baguette in France? <laughs> yes. Ed, Ed yes. has talked about this on the podcast, how much he loves... He, he used to visit his now fiance then girlfriend, in Paris. Yes. And he would go, go down and go to the bakery around the corner and then on the way back to the flat, eat at the top of the baguette out the bag. That's why they leave it hanging out the end of the bag, right? So you've got to nibble the top. If they wanted you to not nibble the top, they'd put it in a bag that covered the end. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of that before. My mind is spun. <laughs> My mind is spun. I'm going to start saying that to people, like, I invented that. <laughs> I said, um... And it's funny, it's because my, my my ex, mm-hmm. who was my gal for a long time, was was French as well. She's half French, so I I kind of got to see that side to their culture. Like I remember her telling me, eat some bread, don't put no butter. Though I'm like, what are you talking about? No butter? You want me to just eat the bread? There's not even hummus. There's not even hummus <laughs> or something just to give an olive oil. Just like, I remember just biting. I was like, why is it so? Just amazing that it was just yeah, and then like like even just by going on to Iran and Iraq and like obviously I'm Middle Eastern as well. Like pita bread, I'm sorry, Papa Dom, you can't talk to a good pita bread, man. Pita bread, it just wraps up the wraps. Like there, I was thinking the other day, you know, like um, shawarma, like all them them Lebanese restaurants. How much pita bread do you reckon they've used in their time? That, that is a lot of pita bread. If you think about it, yeah, they're getting through a lot. They're going through a lot of wraps. At what point do you think they stop counting? <laughs> How much they've used? I, you know, I would, I, I would, I'm sure there is definitely a meter. Like the company that sells that bread, they know they turned over trillions, <laughs> trillions of kebabs being created in their name, innit? You know what I'm saying? And that's a good feeling. I might start making bread. I've got my photo on the wall of a kebab shop. How? Big Zoo's face there was sort of a mixture of shock, confusion, and then ultimately jealousy. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. There's a kebab shop in Edinburgh. I've actually forgotten the name of it, Ed. Well, then the photo should come down and it should be replaced with a photo of me because I've always been livid that you're on the, on the wall of that. Yeah. And you've forgotten the name of it. I can't believe I've forgotten the name of it. I know the name of it. Do you want to have a guess? Well, I, I, I mean, every time that I'd go to Edinburgh, we'd immediately say it as soon as we got in the flat. Do you want to go down to... I oh, can't no. believe I've oh, forgotten it. no. He's had a breakdown. I know it's not Mystics. No, it's not Mystics, mate. But it feels like it's something similar. I can't believe this, Big Zoo. I'm so sorry this has happened during your episode because <laughs> I know that, you know, there's loads of other stuff we could be talking about and not just me here not being able to remember the name of this. I thought he was a witty man. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that heckle many times before. He'll <laughs> be on stage. I thought you were witty. I was informed you were witty. This is awful. I paid to see a witty man, not someone stood on stage trying to remember the name of a kebab shop. <laughs> yeah. If there's anyone uh, listening in from Palmyra... Palmyra! Do pop that photo down. I don't want to see that photo Please of don't take it down. again. I go with a large mixed kebab. Mm-hmm. personally, because if you're offered chicken or lamb, but there's an option where you can get both mixed, why aren't you taking the both option? I've never understood that. I mean, it depends. I'm Lebanese, you know. I like to always say where I'm from before I confirm food. Yeah. Just so I can add that extra insight. <laughs> Look, you've got the authority when it comes to grilled meats, clearly. Yeah, so what, what do you mean it depends? I don't know. It depends on the donor. I can't eat donor anymore. The one that's the solidified one, mm-hmm. spinny. That's obviously when you're very waved and very giant that can run, but I can't do it anymore because I love like shawarmas, like fillets of lamb that have been laid. And what it is, is that the chicken 
it's hard to get right because when you layer the breast, it's normally they put breast in it. Normally they layer breast. And when you layer it up and it's cooking, spinning, there's a, such a fine line of it being corked, not corked, juicy, dry. Whereas the lamb, it's easier to play with because, you know, once you've given it that one chop, all you have to do is kind of get that one sear and you know you can get it down. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the chicken, it's like, it's not as easy to just sear the outside and it's cooked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes you might get you might get a place that does better lamb than chicken. And that's that's why sometimes I don't get it. But I do understand what you mean. If you can get best of both worlds, why not, innit? So are you going for a baguette from France or are you going for Ooh. a pit of bread on its own <laughs> or, or are you going for a full kebab for your Papa Dom's or bread choice? What's going on? I'm going to keep it real and go with the baguette. As much mm-hmm. as I just gassed up the Lebanese, I love pit of bread so much, but pit of bread's only good when it's fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Baguette can go far, can go far. It can become breadcrumbs, it can do this, it can do that. It can. There's so many things you could, don't get me wrong, like I love that in Lebanese cuisine, they deep fry pit of bread and pull it into salads. That's like one of the craziest mm. things in the world. It's like croutons, but Arabic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But then, I don't know, a baguette, just like, like a French onion soup, like with that little bit on top with the cheese. Oh my days, fam. Even just like a banh mi, like a banh mi. I know it's not like specifically just, a baguette. it's not like the same as a baguette. It's more of a sub, but it's just so crazy, the influence of that bread in a, a, a different country and how it's just created like a, a, a proper different dish. Like, I love, I just, I just love the way that it could, you could do so much with that bread, man. I'm talking about it so much. Oh my god, I'm actually a fat, fat guy. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in a hotel in Bahrain doing some gigs, and mm. the the bar snacks they had there in the in the bar area was just the deep fried pit of bread, um, all shredded up and in a bowl. I got addicted to it. I got so hooked. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when they just put it out for free, but you eat it really quick and you want to ask them for more free bar snacks and you're thinking, oh, how's this going to look? How many times can I <laughs> ask for the freebies yeah. again before they realise I'm just filling up on all the deep fried so I love it so much. Yeah. So do you want anything with this baguette or do you want like a baguette that's so good that you don't need anything with it? That's what I need. Warm, buttery, or just maybe a coffee. Maybe a coffee. No, yeah. But you know what I love on the baguette? You know what I love? If, if we're just talking simple, some apricot jam and some some lapak. Can't go wrong. It's an interesting way to kick off a meal, Big Zoo. Uh, <laughs> a, a baguette with apricot jam and lapak on it. But I'm, I respect it. Little coffee on the side. But you know, it's it's about it's about the influence and the, the heart. Yeah. If you cut a baguette in half, pull it on, on the toaster, put some butter, put some jam on it. I'm telling you, it's a spiritual journey from the top of the bite to the bottom, because you have that crispy topness, then you have that spongy kind of breadiness, and then you have that base. It's so many textures in one little thing, and it's just like, it's, it's crazy how something so simple can be so nice when it's done so well. It's like that. I think that's why I love Italian food a lot as well, because it's just it's that same kind of principle, you know? You mentioned Lurpak. Mm. The little Lurpak man who has the trombone, and plays all the songs on the advert. Yeah. Do you want him at the meal? And do you, and what song do you want him to be playing on his trombone while you eat? <laughs> he can definitely come through. You know the dun 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 that one. Now there's a tragic element to this, James, because you've got the Lurpak man playing a song on his trombone whilst he watched his big zoo eat what oh. I'm presuming is the mashed up corpse of his relatives. Yes. yes. 
But that's always the case on all those adverts. He's just there. He's often on a tabletop where someone's just spread some Lurpak over a scone or something, and he's playing his trombone, and he gets flicked over or falls over or something. Yeah. They, they're not very nice to him. No, they're not. They steal his trombone a lot of the time. They take it away from him so he can't play it. He's like, come yeah. on. You're eating my family. At least let me play my trombone. You lot are making Lurpak sound very cute. Lurpak <laughs> is not cute. Lurpak adverts are like, do you not see the adverts when you're in a cinema and it's like, they're like frying a tomato, like tomato. Do you know the one I'm talking about? And it's like epic yeah. bread, peas, some fish. That's that like, they've tried to change it and make it become epic. Like this is the this is why we're charging you three pounds. You yeah. know, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> do you want Lurpak spreadable or do you want like the hard block? You have to have both. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but they're not the same thing. I used to use the spreadable to cook my eggs and then uh, my ex is French. Is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, bro, it's butter, fam. Like, it's the same butter. It's like, no, it's not the same butter. I'm like, it's the same butter, fam. It's like, don't melt the same. It's not the same. It's not made from the same thing. I'm like, who actually cares? Like, if I'm cooking some onions late night in my house, am I really going to be like, oh, need to go buy some salted butter because there's not any left, but there's some pack there. Still can't use it. No, that's the person I am now. I actually will go buy the salted butter because... That hardness, chop it into the... It's different, man. That spreadable one, it's not made for that. It's not made for cooking. It's made for spreading. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, you mentioned um, if you're cooking some onions late in your house. <laughs> <laughs> How late would you be cooking onions? And what would they be for? Um, okay, I've changed my diet a bit. Yeah, I've been trying to lose weight and be healthy. Yeah? So basically, instead of ordering food late night, I'll always like, be like, can we cook, can we cook, can we cook? And... The easiest thing to cook is like a tomato sauce or maybe cook some wings with some onions, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And onions is always the start of that. So that's why, like, before COVID, years ago, let's say we're, like, in a house party or something. And then, like, people are like, let's order some pizza. I'm like, no, let's cook. <laughs> you know? People order food. And when it's shit, they're like, oh, this is so shit, man. Like, when you knew it was going to be shit. If you knew you ordered food at 2 a.m., it's going to be shit. But if I, a little bit waved, Give it a try. At the same time, I guarantee you're not going to complain. You're actually going to feel happy. I made my first pizza the other day. Did you? What's on the pizza? What was on it? Uh, Obviously, tomato sauce, uh, cheddar cheese, little bacon bits, cut up pepper. What what, 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 what are you looking? Which sounds rubbish. I don't know. Bacon on a pizza is shit anyway. You said cheddar. For a start, you, you bacon, cheddar, cheddar b- bacon bits. What pepper? What are you talking about? What do you talk? Use cheddar, cheddar and bacon. What? What are you talking about? He's not respecting your pizza, Cassie. He's not rating your. Pizza. He's really disrespecting it. Actually, why are you using cheddar? It's cheese on toast. It's my a mum pizza. told me to get it. I'm doing my cook along with my mum, and she tells me the ingredients, and I'm going out and get them. Very authentic. Then, if it came from Nonna Acaster, yes, that is her name, and. <laughs> It was a scone-based pizza as well. <laughs> it tasted good, man. I don't know why you're laughing so much. It's not pizza. You've made a cheese scone. Mm, may have been a cheese scone. What do you mean it was a scone-based pizza? Well, that's what she told me. 
She's had this recipe for ages. I've had it my whole life. Have you? Is it, that's when she used to do it at home. I'm sorry for disrespecting your memories, James, but it's not <laughs> it's a pizza, okay. mate. Well, I made it real nice. How did you make it? I uh, made the scone base, rolled it out, put it in the in the tray. Yeah. Then covered that with the passata, uh, brushed that over, put the cheese over, then put all the toppings over. I put anchovies on mine as well, on my half. Ooh. More cheese on the top, more cheddar cheese. Put it in the oven. Bought it out and I ate my scone-based pizza. I was very proud of myself. I thought, it's going to be great. I'm going to impress Big Zoo. When I tell him this, I didn't know I was going to get such an absolute dressing down. <laughs> I mean, you know, I respect your pizza making, you know. Like, brother, like, it's not sounding very... I don't know what's a, sco- a scone-based pizza. Yeah, I'm still in the dark about a scone-based pizza as well. Like in Napoli. Like, did you use the stone that you put in the oven to make the base cook? No, 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 no. You don't need that for scone-based. You just... Uh, <laughs> you just... It's uh, what was in the scone base? Butter, <laughs> self-raising flour. It was scone. Scone. It was a scone. Baking powder, cheese, and a, a, a little bit of salt. And I rolled that all up together and then rolled it out with my rolling pin. No yeast, nothing. It's a scone-based pizza. <laughs> so you made a big scone yes. and you put cheese and tomato and bacon on top of it. Guilty, your honour. Zoo, I made a lasagna the other day. Uh, first thing you do is you put um, blueberry muffins in the bottom of the tray. <laughs> And then you pour over the tomato, and then you put the yeah. bacon in, and yeah. the cheddar cheese, uh, and then uh, and then you put loads of Twix bars on the tops. Delicious, proper lasagna. Well, I mean, you know, you've made yourself look stupid there because clearly, I would love to eat that. So it's not like. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. 
Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We come to your starter, Big Zoo. This one was hard. Obviously, there's so many starters that man love. Man, I consider Buffalo Wings as a starter. Mm-hmm. I don't know who does. Some people don't. Yep. I think that's one of the greatest. Like, Buffalo Wings with the with the celery, the ranch. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting there and I need something that's going to make me feel happy, it has to be, it's going to sound so dead, but it's mozzarella and tomato. Yeah. With a little bit of little bit of a drizzle. Yes. Now, I know it sounds dead. It sounds super dead. But buffalo mozzarella, proper buffalo mozzarella with mm. fresh tomatoes and a little olive oil, bit of salt, bit of pepper. I had it in Italy and my brain was like, this is crazy. This is, why is this so nice? Obviously, I've had I've had great starters, different things. Like, I do love my little prawny starters. But, you know, that, for me, that is just so fresh. It's such, it's not heavy. Mm. You know, I hate having a heavy starter because you're just waiting for that main. You're like, you know, I'm going to get 14 starters. Mm. And when the main comes, I'll be ready. And then you eat all these starters and you're not even enjoying your main. You know, I, I, I don't like doing that because the main is what it's called. It's called a main, you know. I like sharing. I, I, I do like sharing. I'm not a person that's like, I'm buying my starter for me. Mm-hmm. This, this The calamari is for I. <laughs> don't touch it. You got, you got a portobello mushroom little thing. You eat that. I'm not like that. I'm... I like to kind of get all the different things, but buffalo mozzarella, I don't know, I don't know what it is when it's layered. You know when it's layered on top, mm-hmm. like Tetris? Oh, my God. I'll eat mm. that all day. All day. That's my style. Get some basil on there, some basil leaves. Yes. Oh, fresh basil, fresh basil, fresh olive oil. You know what it is? I've had so many different versions. I've had, I've gone to so many different places, had ones where there's no seasoning, there's no sauce, and then ones where they overdo it, and ones, like, I can't remember where I was in Italy, but it was simple. Fresh basil, big Fat wedges of tomato, circles of tomato, big, massive buffalo mozzarella, fre- the fresh olive oil, bit of salt, bit of pepper. Oh, man. Every slice was like, oh. Balsamic? Yeah, a little bit of balsamic as well. Oh, my days. I mean, it sounds like I'm genuinely hungry. That's what I, I've, I've, you've now taken me there. I'm in Italy. I'm sat there with this incredible mozzarella. Is it is it a trick- tricolore? Tricolore? The three-colour salad, because it's white. Red and green is the mm. colours of the Italian flag, right? Yeah, that's yeah, why it was yeah, invented, yeah. or that's why that's on pizza as well. I, I don't think I've heard that before, but that makes sense. So delicious. Shame to splash some b- balsamic on it and ruin the colour scheme, I think. Sure. I like that as well, though. I like the balsamic. You know when the balsamic... I like balsamic with, with it when you put that... And a random one, but you put red onion as well oh. with mm. the balsamic. Little bit of red onion with it. That That's more like... You know what I like doing? That? I like doing that in a salad. More like, rather than just the, the plate. I never used to like balsamic. I started cooking with it more, man. Red onion, mozzarella, tomato, any lettuce. It's so good. So, so good. I grew up, like, my mum used to always make salad. Always, always. That's that's probably why it's one of my favourite things as well, because growing up, my mum used to always make salad on the side of our food. And I used to always be like, yeah, but she used to force me. So, like, naturally now, it's just so funny. All these things that you grow up saying, yeah, that's disgusting. You get a bit older and you're like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Like, oh, my God. Salad. <laughs> I'm like, make me healthy. <laughs> like, if I look back at myself telling myself a mozzarella and tomato would be one of my dream starters, well, the dream starter, I would tell myself, what's wrong with you, you stupid guy? <laughs> Nothing, it's not fried. It's not fried. It's not even a spring roll. Not even a spring roll. Come on, man. Not even some dim sun. What's going on, you know? But special shout-out to Buffalo Wings. Yeah, you still got a shout-out to Buffalo Wings, because what a treat they are. When they're done properly, you know, fried, then the steamed, 
and then they to do like Wingstop do it in a good way, but I don't love Wingstop's wings. I like their boneless more, but they fry it, then they steam it, then they fry it again. And like that, that's that's how you should make it at home. People are gonna make it at home. Like I know people try to make buffalo wings in so many different ways, whether it's baked or not fried or air fried, whatever. But like if you fry them and then steam them in the oven and then fry them again, it just becomes like next level so good man wow. nice. i'd never attempt that at home i'd never do any deep frying or anything like that at home i'd just be why i think my mum might have said something when i was a kid about like i'm not going to deep fry anything at home because it's really dangerous because she'd seen something on like a soap or something where someone's house had mm-hmm. caught on fire and i think that stuck mm-hmm. with me like i don't deep fry mm-hmm. at home i think i've only mm-hmm. done it once and that was last year i made a chicken parmigiana uh, and deep fried the chicken cutlet and yeah. oh i'm so glad i did it was phenomenal and that's not, that's not even a big deep fry. No. You know, you don't have to put a lot of oil for that one. Do you know what it is? Um, my mom's definitely taught me the, 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 safest, the safest way is deep fry stuff in a little pot, you know? Don't go crazy and try and get this massive pan. Blah, 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 blah. Best way, little pot, do it in batches. That's like, it's safer, less dangerous, and it actually comes out better. You get the seasoning of because the, the oil seasons the pan, mm-hmm. and that's what creates flavor because fried chicken it's never going to taste really that nice in fresh oil, even though it will, don't get me wrong, but like the best fried chicken comes from oil that's had some chicken being fried in it. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it's about, it's, it's that kind of flavor that you get from it being in a pot. Like where, let's say you get, or you got a batch of wings that you want to make. You, instead of doing it all in one massive pot, oil everywhere, do a little pot, couple wings, couple wings, couple wings. It's longer, but that's cooking, isn't it? When we were kids, deep frying stuff and chip pan fires and stuff like that, we were warned about it like it was going to be a threat at every single, like every corner we turned in our entire <laughs> that must life. Be it. That, that must be why I won't, I won't do it because yeah. that's just stuck with me. It was a massive thing. The amount of videos I watched where that was an issue and like I'd watch them and be like, why are people inviting this peril into their homes? Like no one's, mm. you know, like everyone just seems to be getting in their kitchen, filling a pan with oil for no reason, heating it up then walking to a different area of the house and then coming back and their whole house is on fire and they're running around screaming and going, well, I'm never going to do that. It's always the curtains. The curtains go up yep. first as well, if you're trying Lace to make curtains. Yours. Yeah. Absolutely. Woof. And then that's it. So, yeah, I've never dared do anything like that. Big Zoo's doing it at other people's house parties. Yeah, he's, he's just, there. Just, just doing that. <laughs> he's got 2 a.m. I'm about to burn down your whole house. <laughs> <laughs> What's caprese salad? Is that the same? That might be the same. Because I've been calling this salad caprese salad. I've had it a lot during lockdown. Uh, we've been doing loads of them. Just like cause it, simple, easy lunch. Just chop up tomatoes and mozzarella and get all the stuff on it and basil. And I've been calling them caprese salads. And if it's a tricolé salad or something like that, oh, man. No, you're right. It is a a caprese salad. So I wonder whether I've got it wrong. Ah, interesting. I think I've got it wrong. So the three colours in a tricolore salad come from mozzarella, tomato and avocado. Oh. But a caprese salad is the tomato, mozzarella and basil. So it's the combination of the three colours, but the green's coming from somewhere else in the tricolore. So it would appear that Ed's knowledge of Italian cuisine isn't as good as he once thought. So maybe the scone-based pizza is the way to go. (laughs) Well, of course, when I make a caprese salad, I use cheddar cheese and Victoria sponge. Yep. Again, bad example. Sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now he's gone light on the starter because you said you're saving room for the main course. Is it? Yeah. Be, is it going to be something big? So it's funny because all the things that it could have been is my love for American food. So I love like these trap boxes that I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen them before, but it's like these big, massive platters that have like will have like macaroni cheese, you'll have like fried chicken, you'll have like ribs, and then they'll have like a random waffle in it. Like if you literally just go on Google and write trap kitchen, you'll see all the stuff that they do. Like they it's like it's, it's pretty it's pretty popular in England and obviously in America. But it's like these big massive like Moorish tubberware boxes just full of mad things. And that's what I definitely love. I definitely love that. But I'm gonna stick to my roots and go back home. And I gotta go with jollof rice, yeah, mm-hmm. the best jollof rice. But Sierra Leonean jollof rice, not Nigerian, not Ghanaian. <laughs> yeah, we go Gambia, Senegal, the Côte d'Ivoire. You can all go. It's Sierra Leone. So you have added a new dimension to a war that's been raging on the Off Menu podcast since the first series. So we had yes. we've had Nigerian versus Ghanaian uh, jollof yes. rice on the podcast already. I didn't know there were so many other players in the game. And are you saying Sierra Leone has the the best jollof rice? What makes it different? The best. We make it with love. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google because I remember the, the original jollof is called Wolof. Yeah, it was with a, it was with a W. So Senegal made it. Yeah, they made. The, the the thing so they mm-hmm. technically are the owners so nobody can really talk to them because you know you originated the recipe but same way you know people can remix things and make them better that's life i think that nigeria and ghana you know they're they're, they're good contenders you know massive countries big gdp a lot of economic uh, growth where there's a lot of time spent on working and developing we're still on been through pain war we ain't got as much peas. So we've got more time to focus on food because that's things that make us happy. And my mum said that to me and that was a bare random thing that she said to me. And I was like, you know what? That's a mad generalisation, but I'm running with it. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got as much of a city, but we got more chefs. That's what it makes <laughs> up for, you know? Like, you lot are too busy making dough. So how can you have such a nice recipe? It doesn't even make sense. We have more villages, more chilled people, less workers. We're obviously going to be better than you at cooking. That's the that's the idea. Now that's number one argument. Number two argument: these don't blend; they blend it. Where in Africa, in the in the ends, have they got a blender? They ain't got no blender. So how's your authentic recipe requiring electricity when real <laughs> Africa it's not electricity? It's it's fire. It's fire on the pot. Yeah. So yeah. that's already just depreciated the value of their jollof. Yeah. And then it's, it's it's about it's about one thing about my mom. My mom my mom's dad is the same mix as me. So my mom's dad is Sierra Leone and Lebanese like me. So my mom was raised with a little bit of a Lebanese temperament and the combination of Le- Lebanese cooking with African cooking is something that's very interesting. It's not something that's always brought to light on. But obviously I've tried to do my own little influence, but it's basically when the Lebanese moved over to West Africa Obviously, they went over during war and they went over to get a better life and they became part of the society. It's not something that's always spoken about in history and and, and, in like global history. But obviously, African cuisine was kind of like it's built up of times of like tribal times and what was accessible at the time, you know, like like everyone else's cuisine. And in African cuisine, there's a lot of things that you eat that are not like typical, you know, like, like cow foot or the sheep belly or like the skin, like cow skin, they call it cow kanda, which is literally just the skin of the cow. And then things like dried fish and 
dried paste and sesame paste, things like that, things that they was using to live off. The Lebanese came over and they were like, yo, listen, we ain't really, we're not, we're not getting involved in all of that dry stuff over there. We're going to take your recipes and put a little bit of an Arab touch on it. So a bit more onions, a bit more garlic, like ingredients that were not commonly used in West Africa were more introduced through cooking, through the Lebanese in that sense, because they was more likely to be like, no, let's get some garlic, even though no one's cooking with garlic, so you have to go source that now. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So my yeah. mum's kind of recipe for a jollof is very filled with garlic, filled with onion, filled with tomato, stewed. The process is so funny because it's actually high-level cooking, but she just looks at it like, oh, we just this is what we learned. But it's funny because they boil the meat, and that makes a stock. They boil the meat, take out the meat, shred it from the bone, deep fry it, and then add that into the stew. And then... Oh, wow. The stew is like, it's like onions, tomatoes, bag of seasoning, scotch bonnet, some bay leaf, cooked down for a long time, a lot of tomato paste. You add this shredded fried meat into there. You add your basmati rice and then you take that stock and then you use that to, to add all the water and then you let it simmer for like two hours and that's how you get a jollof. It's, it's very simple, but the cooking process in, it, in terms of the meat being cooked three times, the stew being made over a long time, all these little things, they're like really nice bits of cooking. You know, people people have their different ways, but I think our way is very good. And I said I'm making a cookbook. The recipe is going to be in the cookbook. Great. So if you want the Big Z recipe, it's there. You get me? <laughs> Last time I saw you, which was when I did your TV show, mm. um, you know, I knew I was going to be eating loads of food. The night before, I'd actually had jollof rice for the very first time. And basically, I had ordered uh, a takeaway. And I just didn't know how big the portion was going to be. And also... <laughs> that it would just seem to never end. Like, I I felt like it was replenishing itself as I was eating it, and it was just never going... The level was never going down, and I was like, I've got to do Big Zoo's Big Eats tomorrow, and I'm absolutely... (laughs) I'm stuffed to the rafters here. I was so so full. It's still the next morning with Jollof rice. Mate, and what's funny is that your amuse-bouche was the biggest amuse-bouche we made for anyone. It was was humongous, bro. It was like, Ed, if you saw it, you would have been a bit jealous. There was so much food. (laughs) And what, what I didn't tell you on the day was that amuse-bouche, I, I bit into it and I burnt the roof of my mouth immediately. <sighs> and for the rest of the afternoon, I had a burnt mouth when I was eating all the food <laughs> and it was all so delicious. But I was in pain, Big Sue. This is life. When life gives you lemons, you know, you've got to make a lemon cake. You know, you've got to do something different. Is there anything specifically about the Sierra Leone jollof rice that makes it stand apart from all of the others? Is there an ingredient or mm. a spice or something that you can go... If you were blindfolded, could you be like, that's Sierra Leonean? It's, you know what it is? They do normally use the same similar type of seasoning in terms of the bay leaf, scotch bonnet, Maggie cube. These kind of things are like paramount in the jollof. I think with, with, with Salon jollof, what you'll be able to tell is by the texture of the rice. It's cooked. It's not mushy. It's not undercooked. It's that perfect, like, al dente vibes, you know? And the taste of the tomato, we definitely... Because our tomato isn't blended and then stewed, we actually let them cook down until it becomes a, 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 a sauce. And then we use a lot of tomato paste as well. Whereas other most countries don't use as, as, as much tomato paste as ours. So our, our, our jollof is naturally more red. And what you may, 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 might taste is like there might be that odd onion that didn't fully sweat down. So you might have a nice little chunk of like some charred down onion in there. So it's like... Those, those are the little things you'll be able to pick up on. The process is that it's very like an Italian tomato sauce, just low and slow, let it all come out, and then the rice is soaking up all that flavour, you know? Mm, sounds, I'm so hungry. 
<laughs> is your side dish also in your cookbook? This one is definitely a shout out to my ex again. Because <laughs> her family family from our Jews or I'm cool with her, so it's like it's I'm allowed to talk about her influence in my life. It's not like oh, I hate you, forget all the memories they gave me in life. And I think if you're gonna talk about your ex, I think it's fine to say Here's some nice food that she introduced yes. me to. I don't. That doesn't feel, you know, malicious. Yeah, it's not. Yes. It's not creepy, you know. No. <laughs> if, you, if you were like, my side dish is inspired by my ex. It's uh, lies and deceit. <laughs> then, 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 then we'd be like, big zoo. That's a little bit. Whoa, whoa. Come Rain on, it man. In. So obviously, I'm Muslim. So every Ramadan, I used to spend Ramadan with her family, and her family like traditionally they're Algerian, but they're also French, and they have the tradition where they make things called borax. So borax. Now, Borek, you might have had it from, like, a Turkish place or a Greek Cypriot place. There's so many different types of Borek. A Borek is basically like a spring roll. But it was never until I kind of went to their house and had the authentic Borek, like, Algerian Ramadan Borek that I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, it's, it makes spring rolls, like, a, a typical, like, Chinese spring roll look so dead. It makes it look like, uh, just go sit in the corner, bro. Because it's like so different you know it's instead of it filled with like finely chopped veg and low subtle seasoning it's filled with like meat and different flavors and one thing that they use over in Algeria is a lot of cinnamon which is weird like you don't really get that in a lot of meaty cooking but you know like a lot of North Africa they like those like flavorsome kind of like vibrant things to go with their food like they like their dried lemon and they, they love their turmeric and they love things like they they love their like sweet stuff so cinnamon is something that they they use and they'll fry the chicken with, with like just a bit of onions a bit of water bag of cinnamon, make a bechamel, so you mix it up. Now, put some cheese, they chop some olives, put that, mix up this mixture, mix it, mix it, and then they pull it into the spring roll, deep fried, covered in lemon when it comes out. Oh, it's like a cheesy, chickeny, olivey oh, man. spring roll. And then they got the mincemeat one, which is, again, onion, cinnamon, same thing. But then with this one, they fry omelettes, cut out a little bit of the omelette, put that at the bottom of the spring roll, put the minced meat, wrap it up and fry it. And then when you bite it, you get like the kind of like sweet cinnamony meat with like a nice spongy little bit of omelette. Ah, wow. It's so good, bro. Yeah. Algerian borax on the side with like 15 lemons. And do you want all those different types of borax as well in there? You want a big mix up bowl? Yeah. 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 We've got to have all of them. Yeah. What's, what's a nice borax as well. They did like, there's so many, just, you got you can get creative with it. Like, they they got like basil feta and and, and feta ones, which is kind of different. Because that's the one that I would think of. Where if someone said borek to me, I'd think of like feta and spinach. Yeah, in the like cigar shaped thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's normally like the cheesy ones or the spinachy ones. Like those are like the typical ones. But Algeria, they they have just got like because because there's not there's not that many Algerian restaurants. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to kind of experience it, but they just, I don't know. They just, I don't know how they got a hold of a spring roll, but they got the spring roll. They're like, brother, we're going to put some buff stuff in this, yeah? It's all right. <laughs> you look and put some spinach and cheese and make it taste cute. We're going to get chicken and put cheese and olives and deep fry that shit. <laughs> what I like about this as well, Zoo, is that you already said your younger self would be shouting at you for not picking a spring roll as the starter. So you've just basically like elevated spring rolls in as your side dish. So now the younger Zoo's relaxing. He's happy. Yeah, I basically... Yeah, I didn't do it, but I did. <laughs> so we come to your drink. We've got all around the world. We've been to France for the baguette. 
been to Italy for your salad. Yeah. Been to Sierra Leone for your jollof. Nigeria for your side dish. Where are we going for the drink? Ah, uh, I mean, Ed knows my love for a super malt because I made him try a super malt. So you love super malt? <laughs> yeah. You made him try a super malt? How, did, how was your experience of a super malt? I enjoyed super malt. It's not a taste I'd had before. Got to say, Zoo, I've not had a super malt since then. I've not gone out to to seek another super malt. It tasted like Guinness, but with none of the fun. Interesting. Like I love Guinness, absolutely love it. I think it's delicious. But then you have a super Guinness, you get the taste, you get the cold, sort of smooth. It slips down. It's so nice, and then oh, a little bit tipsy, but not with the super malt. You just get the raw taste of crops. <laughs> Raw crop. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Do you know what's funny? Is that it's one of the, it's like a big argument, like within like the African community and the Caribbean, Caribbean community, because there's such a love hate thing. It's like Marmite, isn't it? Some people love it, some people hate it. But the people that hate it, they see things like that, like really hurtful, <laughs> deep, you know, sad things that you wouldn't cuss any other drink like that for, you know? But like, I saw a thread the other day reasons of why supermote is bad like why are you doing this you know go <laughs> argue with a politician or Piers Morgan right? to breaking down a drink company that's been a pivotal member of the African community you know <laughs> hey, why, you don't hate Marmite you just don't like it because other people love it you know yeah you don't understand it that's what it is it's actually they just don't get it and maybe I'm the same with supermote I don't get it you will one day how many supermotes are you drinking on a regular basis though Bro, I'm not going to lie, I cool it down, you know? It used to be, like, something that's always in the house. But then now we've kind of changed that. We don't drink as much Supermalt. So I would say, like, maybe two a week. But Supermalt's not my my, my choice of drink. My drink of choice is the wonderful, the one and only Cavossier with Sprite and Coke. You can't just have Coke or Sprite. You have to mix both. You have to mix both of the, the fizzy drinks. I've always said, what is the mix of a brandy? You know, whether it's Cavossier, whether it's Hennessy, whether it's Remy Martin. People like to do apple juice. That's a new one. Mm -hmm. Don't really like the apple juice one because I like the fizz. But I'm telling you, I unlocked it one day because I didn't have enough of both. I had a little bit of Sprite and a little bit of Coke. I had a lot of Cavossier. So I thought, how are we going to make this work? Mix the both. Absolutely beautiful. People don't like um, brandy because it's very strong. It doesn't taste that nice. When you mix it with these sugary fizzy drinks, but then you combo them, it creates like this. Like, have a Kovossi and Coke on its own. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, oh. Have a Kovossi and Sprite on its own. You'll be like, oh. But then you have a Kovossi with Coke and Sprite. I swear to you, I don't know what happens, but it just tastes like liquid goodness. Yeah. And you also get very waved. <laughs> now, this this is the first time in the meal that the MC's really come out to play with dropping Corvossier in. Yes. Now, that's mm. straight out of a video now. You see plenty of videos with, uh, you know, MC's rolling around with a bottle of Corvossier. Never seen them uh, popping open the Sprite and Coke, though, do you? Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. They always have it straight, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to make you guys have a good life uh-huh. rather than the short one. I want to see you do a video, Zoo, where you're in like a jacuzzi with a bottle of Corvosier and then just ages trying to open a bottle of Sprite without it spraying in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the next, that's the next video. That's the next, <laughs> the next video is me te- teaching them the mix. Listen, try the mix. Give me a shot. The mix is so good. I've actually put it in the cookbook. How long is that fucking recipe? You, you're really, you're really padding for words there. Yeah, Zoo, we're supposed to have hundred thousand words in this, mate. All right, yeah. uh, we'll do three pages. Cavossier, <laughs> Sprite, Coke, mix them. Yep. Yeah. No, I get that. That's not the best representation of 
the book. <laughs> <laughs> we have great drink recipes in there, smoothie list and stuff. <laughs> nah, Open a bottle of super nah. malt. That's the other drink recipe. That's the other one. No, nah, fam, <laughs> honestly, no, nah, we, 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 I'll put it in there just to let people know, isn't it? Are you the kind of person, Big Zoo, who when you're like in uh, Nando's or, you know, Burger King or wherever, and you've got to go and do your drink, do you mix them up? Yeah, one million percent. I've always been that guy. I don't know why. I think, you know, the fact that it's free, you're like, yeah, let me abuse your freeness. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm getting, I'm going to Nando's, asking him for a water, looking him in the eye. Now, please get grass the water. <laughs> Going over there in front of the same manager going crazy. Yeah, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> they're hitting every single one, getting bare ice. Oh my god. Yeah, that was me. Nando's. I love a Coke and Fanta. Right. You know, that's a that's a that's a good one. Coke and Fanta from Nando's. Congo. I used to work in Nando's, so I kinda got sick. You know what was the best thing? I never knew that Nando's sold juice. And I was like, fam. I've been asking these up for tap water this whole time. I've never actually looked at the juice menu. <laughs> and they've got the best juice. They don't sell it anymore because of COVID. But when they open up again, if you ever go to Nando's, ask them for like a mango juice uh-huh. or a lemonade. And it's like, this is so much better than this diluted bloody Coke that they always get, man. Just <laughs> so much better for your chicken. Get, trust me. Oh, they got orange juice, mango juice, lemon juice, apple juice. But it's like proper, beautiful juice. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. The mango juice sounds amazing. I, I, I always find the Fanta, mixing the Fanta in it, that's when it gets a bit muddy for me. The Fanta and Coke. I think uh, Fanta and, uh, like, Coke and Sprite, Fanta and Sprite, that all makes sense. Coke and Fanta, the flavours get a bit muddied, and I'm never never sure about that. It gets a bit sludgy. I get it. It goes like this weird brown. Yeah. And it's, it, it depends. It depends. But there's a certain crispness of that caramelly orange. You know what I love? You know what the problem is with our fanta? Our fanta over here is so fucking shit. Oh. Our fanta is the worst fanta. Yes. We got dead fanta. When you go Europe and stuff, oh. you proper get to enjoy fanta. Like, it's too orange. The one that looks like her Oompa Loompa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. We got the one that looks like The Simpsons. <laughs> one of my favourite drinks I've ever had. And recently, Ed and I did our dream menus for our 100th episode. And I chose a different drink for every course. And... The one drink that didn't make it in that would have been one of my dream drinks and genuinely one of the best drinks I've ever had is the Fanta that I had in Kenya. It it had a flavour to it. I don't know. There was there was more than just like sugar and fake orange in there. It properly <laughs> had a delicious aftertaste. I don't know. There was like some spices in there. It was so good. Yeah. And, the, and like this burnt taste to it. When I go to like Spain, it's crazy. So I can imagine that Kenya one just hitting different, especially when it's super hot as well. Was it in a glass mm. bottle? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, it was a glass bottle. Yeah, come on. You know when it's from a glass bottle as well, it's got that extra. Yeah. It's got that. I mean, Coke from a glass bottle is it's always the best, you know, compared to the... Compared, I hate the machines. Only in America. See, America, they're like 400 years, like light years ahead of us. I went to America when I was like 14. And I couldn't believe it. Like McDonald's had its own... Like the the um, drink machine, I was like, mm-hmm. "What's going on? Why are we so far behind? What's going on?" But then it's like the drink machine has everything. It's got like Kool Aid, it's got lemonade, it's got water, it's got juice, and then it's got all the fizzy drinks. And then like we just had Subway. The boss man saying you can't refill again, which is he was always tell me. I'll eat my, I'll have my sub of the day, have my one drink, trying to have another drink before I leave. Brother, what are you doing? Said what, boss? You, you cannot fill again. And I'm just like, bro, come on, man. You're gonna come on, man. You're gonna be tight. Yeah, I had a lot of arguments with Subway still. Subway's Subway never got along with me, man. Never. 
Yeah, the subway never got on. I love the Coke Freestyle machine in Burger King. Yeah. Where they've got like flavors that you've never heard of before. And I I mm. do a radio show every Sunday, and obviously Burger King's shut at the moment, but I have to arrive really early. And I walk past the Burger King at 7 a.m. on a Sunday, and I look in through the window, and I can't wait until COVID's <laughs> over and I can go and use the freestyle machine again. <laughs> Raspberry Diet Coke. What the hell? Why can't you get that in a can? I know. It's, like, yes. it's not fair. It's actually not fair. On those freestyle machines, again, this is one of the things that Ed will get angry about when I tell it. I don't think Ed knows what I get. Maybe he does know. Maybe we've already covered what I have on the freestyle machines when I go to Five Guys. I don't think we have. But I go in. Oh, you're going to get angry about it. I don't know why I brought this up. Oh. I, I have Fanta, Zero, No Bubbles, um, a g- Grape, and mix it with maybe some Fanta, No Bubbles, Zero, Cherry. And I kind of mix those two. What? Yeah. And as I was saying it, I was like, it's going to be angry. So you use the most brilliant drink invention in the world to have a worse version of something that already exists? I basically have like a squash. It tastes yeah. like squash, really. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone's ever done that combo. No. As much as no. I'm sure all the combos have been done. I don't think there's anyone going on the zero bubbles and going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Let's> fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to the dessert now. I don't know, you haven't really talked that much about loves of desserts throughout the year. You haven't nah. brought it up so far. I don't really know where we're going here. I'm not I'm not a sweet I'm a sweet tooth person. I love Harry and stuff, but Okay. Like desserts. Growing up, my mom's African, bro. I can't tell you bare African desserts. I'm sure there's a lot in the whole of Africa, uh-huh. the continent. But fam, we're not the ones. Like France, if France wanted to battle us in the, in a dessert war, they'll definitely take down a lot of Africa first. So I think it's one of those things. Like my mom never really used to have a sweet tooth as well. So we never grew up eating desserts. So all my desserts growing up were just like just primary school. In secondary school, that's when I'll have a dessert, you know, like a little crumble or a, a, a cake and da, da, da. But then, again, speaking about my ex, which is hilarious, obviously she's French, isn't it? So I spent a lot of time with her, do you know what I mean? So yeah. her family, like, showed man about, like, French desserts and stuff. And, like, oh, my days, I don't know what it is, yeah, but you know a flan? <laughs> yeah. Just a flan? <laughs> yeah. Just a flan? But a good, 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 creamy emotionally baked to the highest level flour. That thing there, man can eat that all day, yeah? I, now, there's probably some man them listening to this like, what's a flour? What is that? Fam, yeah. how do you explain a, a, a flour? Now, I don't even know what's in it. I've only ever had it when, like, having pizza because it's a, you can have a base, a flour, a flour based <laughs> pizza. So that, 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 that's the only time I've ever really had it. Oh, well, no, it's like, a, it's like cakey, isn't it? But it's like really airy and light. And uh, flat. And it's just like custody. There's different types. So there's like the creme caramel version. That's like a more wobbly, wobbly version. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. That that's one. the one that you're talking one. about. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of yeah. like a baked custard pie, right? Yeah. With a pastry base, like a thin pastry base. Yeah. yeah. I see what we're talking about. Thin one. Oh, but when it's done correct and the custard is just nice and creamy, the base is nice and crispy and just odd oh, oh my god i gotta give a special shout out to crumble with cold mm. custard i know that sounds random but some people don't like that but i i think you have to have hot with cold you know like so special shout out 
to my crumble. What fruit? I like an apple, simple apple, but I've been having like apple and and and, and, and blackberries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the apple with the blackberries because I don't know what it is. The blackberries just bring a certain happiness out of the mm-hmm. apple. And like putting the top of my crumble, I've been putting a lot of like oats because people used to tell me put oats. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just a butter and sugar thing. But now put some oats and stuff that gives you that extra happiness. But the, the, I don't know what it is about flan. Like it's got such a nice texture. It's like a creme brulee. Like some people think like creme brulee is disgusting. Some people love it. It's just sometimes the the, the texture of a dessert is what you like. You know, you like that consistency. I love the consistency of a flan. It's like nice and creamy, but it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. It's not like after a big meal, like after all of that, like. You don't want something too mad sweet to, like, kill you off, you know? Because I know some people are thinking, what flan? That's so boring. But I've had some good ones where you're, like, you're putting your spoon in, and you're like, you're like, what the hell, bro? Yo! And that's how food's supposed to make you yeah. feel. Food's supposed, food's supposed to make you feel gassed. And it's like, flan is something that's so good, I, w- I can't make it. Mm-hmm. It's so good, I won't make it. Because, like, I know, I ain't got the hand. Like, I'll try. That's why I can't say a crumble. Can't make that, you know? That's the... That's something I can make, but our flan, that, that, like, when I've, I've gone to certain pastries, I've seen it in the window, the top's looking all nice and brown, and you can see the sides looking nice and, oh, like, yeah, let me get that flan. I think you should try and make it. I, I want to be at a house party with you one day, and at two in the morning, like, where's Zoo? Oh, he's in the kitchen making a flan. <laughs> How much longer do you think this uh, relationship lasted because you didn't want to cut off your access to all this great food? <laughs> Oh, bro, I mean, that answer is just going to never be right, <laughs> Yeah, you've been putting a corner on that one, Zoo. You can't argue your way out of that one. Mate, all I can say, it was all part of the journey. Yes. It was all part of the journey. And and, and like I said, it's, it's crazy because my influence of the food that I love comes from the people that were around me growing up and my family. It's like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't tell. I'm, I'm very deep-rooted in that with, with the food that I love because it's kind of what you're like used to experiencing and used to having and you could you could just you you can talk about food forever and try to make yourself seem like you love something forever but what you love is what you love yeah mm-hmm. you know and it's nice to speak about it because you're kind of like oh that's why i love it yeah well so you've gone all over with yours water we're going to turkey turkish boss man still water Problems or bread. Mm-hmm. Over to france for the baguette with some apricot jam and some lurpak mm. starter over to Italy's for some buffalo mozzarella, tomatoes, basil, balsamic, caprese salad, olive oil, salt. Oh, lovely. Mm. Main course, Sierra Leone jollof rice. Side dish, platter of Algerian borek. Drink, Cavossier with Sprite and Coke. Dessert, a French flan. Mm. Sounds good. You happy with that? Mm. You were doing the face I do when I'm really enjoying thinking about food. You're like, it's proper like screw face. You were like... Yeah, you're like you're imagining it all lined up <laughs> that you were going to fucking ram your face into it so aggressively excited. Yeah. I didn't even fucking know I was doing that, but I know I was. I know I was. I know I did it for the whole time. Bro. I know you lot got me. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. It's the, it's it's like it's a combo of classic cooking, isn't it? Italian French cooking with a little bit of Marcellion in, influence in there, man. Mm. That's what it. That's why. That's why I am. Love it. Thank you very much, Big Zoo. Thank you so much, Zoo. Big love. Well, there we are. What what a lovely episode with Big Zoo. I think that was a, a, yes. a top food episode yeah. and a lovely, quite a, 
Felt like we were making some emotional connections with food that often we don't make. Yes, it was beautiful. Big Sue's so good at talking about food, man. And I can't wait to dive into that cookbook. It sounds like a treat. I'm going to make that jollof rice for sure. I'm going to make that drink. (laughs) I can imagine you just like cutting about your house with a big cup of Corfosio and Sprite and Coke. I'm going back and forth between the cookbook when I'm making it. Okay, what's yeah. the next step? Oh, hey, what do we do now? Come on. Okay. Oh no, I don't. Ha- I don't have two of the ingredients. I'll just have a sprite. <laughs> just have a sprite and replace the other two with more sprite. Uh, it was a great episode. Thank you very much, Big Zoo, for coming on. Remember yes. that uh, his new series of Big Zoo's Big Eats starts very very soon, uh, and his cookbook is out very very soon. Big Zoo's Big Eats cookbook. Uh, and we can't wait to cook from that, like we say. Uh, and he didn't say the secret ingredient. He didn't say Thank chicory. For not saying chicory, Big Zoo. Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to hear about the flan at the end. We wanted to hear about the flan. I mean, I'd say flan, mm-hmm. but he pronounced it correctly and he refused to pronounce it any other way. And you've got to respect that. I'm never saying flan again. Flan, flan. all the time. James, anything that you would like to plug? Yeah. Just be nice to each other. Cool. Uh, I'm uh, I'm behind that as well. Oh, you can't plug. The thing is, you can't now plug something that is actually yours and that earns you money now. If you've plugged, be nice to each other. I feel like be nice to each other should come after the actual plugs. James, mm. are you going to plug something properly now? Maybe at Off Menu Official is our Twitter. Yeah, that's good. We can do that. Yeah, at Off Menu Podcast.co.uk. Yes, is that right? Yeah, that's our website. There's a whole. There's a page on there. Devoted to all the restaurants that get shout-outs. I mean, you said at offmenupodcast.co.uk, but I think we know what you meant. You just mean offmenupodcast.co.uk. Mm, I haven't used the internet in a while. Yeah. Offmenupodcast.co.uk. Whole list yeah. of all the restaurants that ever get mentioned on the Off Menu podcast is on there. Yeah. For one day. I mean, we're currently recording this in a lockdown, but one day that, that list is going to come in handy. It really, really is. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Off Menu. We will see you in the Dream Restaurant again sometime soon. Goodbye. See you soon. Yum, yum, yum. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you enjoy, well, um, there's another, there's a uh, another podcast just coming out. Oh no, the podcast is out now. Yeah. If people have enjoyed Off Menu, will they enjoy Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains? I don't, I don't know. There's, well, there's a bit of crossover. We talk about um, maybe, you know, a couple of food uh, issues. We talk about cutlery, and that's near food. We reckon it's out now. Not soon, it's now. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. If you like James and if you love Ed, you might get a kick out of this. But yeah, again, no pressure. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.